The data's pretty quiet, so what the market's focusing on really is NVIDIA earnings. Now, this has been the runaway AI stock, mm. and Friday night was a weekday on the NASDAQ. Interestingly, super microcomputers had a huge reversal lower, and that had doubled in the last two weeks. So it looks like maybe the NASDAQ, the AI move is in its last legs. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode, market episode of World of Old Derivatives. I'm the Chief Executive on its Capital Group, Greg Newman. I'm joined today with James Brody again, and Vincent Wu is back from Sing, so he's actually physically here today. Um, we're going to go straight into it. Really interesting uh, week for oil markets and macro alike. Uh, do you want to just start us off, Vincent? What's been going on? Yeah, sure. So it's been a quite a bullish week for crude flat price. It's been supported above $80 levels reaching a peak of $83.50, which seemingly it's finding resistance at current levels. But overall, market sentiment has been quite bullish from uh, hedge funds, from speculators alike. Um, this has come on the back of uh, continued geopolitical risk uh, premium, growing risk of wider conflict in the Middle East, as well as um, by slight weakening of the US dollar recently, as well as you know um, a lot of traders anticipating uh, rate cuts from central banks. So overall, the market is really firing on awesomeness. You also have uh, strength in the refinery margins, perhaps a, a bullish factor for crude demand as well. Yeah, I think it's got to be said, these sound like things we kind of talk about relatively often, but actually lately it's been, you know, the margin, when we say refinery margins, we expect, you know, four or $5 per barrel roughly on average in, in Europe, you know, they're up at like 10, maybe even more. Uh, it's been a huge performance um, in those product markets. And uh, that has led to a genuinely like a, an incredible strength in um, the data Brent markets. You know, I was trading myself last week for a day to check it all out and it was just nuts. Um, super strong buying from pretty much everyone. Uh, physical clearing at very high levels. Um, and of course, the Brent uh, time spreads going with it. Um, WGI time spreads. Uh, there's just everything, as you say, it's like a, it's like everything together is just is rallying very strongly, um, which has finally kind of filtered through to flat price to some extent. But it's probably relative to what's going on in the underlying. It's a very... Um, tame move 8350 it's pretty much still in that range that we've had uh this year like not not much far uh, above it the way the market's trading you would think you know 88 90 plus is around the corner um which kind of shows the dislocation with macro sentiment possibly we could talk a, a bit about that but i think the other big thing like watching markets is that uh, we talked a lot about Q3 buying in products and yeah, Bloomberg did an article on it recently, like record open interest in these product differentials. Everyone just piling in to put their risk in Q3 products from the professional oil space because that's you know where they think there's the most bang for the buck this year. But it ended up dragging up the whole curve and now you've got prompt and Q2 product cracks at super high levels that actually refiners are just loving it, jumping over themselves to lock in crude, buy crude, uh, lock in their buy side hedges of crude. But they're also, of course, selling products to lock in that differential. And that has kind of reversed things lately. Um, just, you know, one bottom left to top right move. Now it's bottom right to top left kind of move uh, in Q2 cracks, uh, which is like really significant, shows you there's going to be loads of product online. Um, and we're going to be really testing the market in the next kind of month. Can it sustain um, all this product that's going to come online once refineries are back? Uh, and can it sustain this like crude strength? Do we get any demand destruction with everything going on? You know, $83 a barrel on Brent futures is one thing. But then if you add the kind of margins, we're looking at the mid 90s. 
And historically, at least in the last few years, that's when we start to get towards demand destruction levels, whilst the macroeconomics are not looking like hugely, um, you know, attractive. So maybe James, you could jump in there, like looking at oil, but from a macro perspective, you know, is is the general pressure from the macro sentiment on the bear side, would you say lately? Um, I would say it is. I mean, what we've seen uh, out of China overnight, the central banks cut the five-year loan prime rate by 25 basis points to 3.95%. Not only was that unexpected in the market, also this was the biggest move they've ever done. And this, I don't want to say panic, but this um, highlights the urgency the central bank uh, are trying to create, stimulate growth in the economy. And in general, though, like looking at, I mean, slightly weakening of the dollar, like uh, Vincent mentioned, um, things in the spotlight again is, you know, are we actually going to get the soft landing? Whenever a soft landing is mentioned, I think two or three times uh, in the last couple of years and, and more before that, it actually predicates a pretty big sell-off. Um, and you've mentioned that a few times, like last year, we all promised this sell-off, but actually maybe it was just delayed to this year. And it's starting to creeping, like be a few of those signals, at least from China perspective, that's an economy that has been torn apart. It seems week in, week out, you see the the next bearish thing. And like you just said, we've had some stimulus yet metals are down, you know, all the Chinese uh, are on the sell side of things in oil, which kind of shows you that it's not really doing much, which is even worse, right? And in the last week as well, we've had the uh, recession being confirmed in the UK right, yes. and in Japan, although that's backward looking. Mm. The only minor part of growth we've seen is last week, The uh, we're seeing the economic data in the US coming out slightly above expectations. It's still weak, but the manufacturing data in the regional Fed surveys, particularly last week, we had the New York Empire and the Philadelphia Fed surveys. They're still showing weakness, but they've had a small bounce. So maybe the economy can can level off here. But these are secondary indicators. It's been pretty shallow on the, the data front. And I guess, therefore, it makes sense that when you go back to oil, you have this underlying strength. But then, you know, the macro demand is so important. We're to, when we talk about derivatives, we're talking about things are, that are genuinely in the future. And so people might be buying it on the basis of what they think is going to happen. The market catches a bid. You've got some forward fixing of physical, but it gets high enough. When it gets to actual pricing of those contracts, that's when it starts to be priced to actual exchanges of physical contracts. And that impacts the price ultimately. And that is when the market gets tested. And I think with everything that you just said there, James, it's like you would think from looking at the oil markets that there's an incredible amount of demand. And I think that the reality might not be there. And I think if I talk about demand destruction again, you know, these levels that it looks like we're approaching uh, at the end user level um, and could be getting quite a bit higher. Can the macroeconomic environment really sustain another bout of inflation from energy? Absolutely. There's, you're just not seeing the demand at these levels. So I think higher prices then, artificially so maybe, but whatever whatever the case may be, the price will be there. Um, the end user can't really take that, right? We can't, we're still at 4% UK. Demand falls. Demand Absolutely. falls. But I'm saying if we get another bout of inflation up to like 6 7%, that probably is very likely to trigger a pretty serious down move. It's what the, what the market really Absolutely. doesn't need right now is yep. what I'm saying. Absolutely. Okay. Vincent, um, what about CFTC? How people are positioned? Uh, kind of some of the headline stats. Yeah, looking at the CFTC, so we've been seeing like hedge funds um, loading up on positions in both accrued and refined products, but especially in um, accrued futures in both Brent and WTI. So there's a focus on Brent over uh, six, 46 million barrels of long positions opened week on week. That's to the week to February 13. 
So it's it's an interesting one actually because for the past three weeks it's been uh, more going long and then short and then going going long long again and um, there was a, a brief sell off in Brent's uh, two weeks ago. Mm. So overall the bullish it seems that hedge funds do want to be uh, quite bullish and then they've been getting increasingly more bullish in gas oil as well in line with um, all of the geopolitical tensions as well as all of the strong strong refining margins and stuff going on. But interesting enough, in, in Arbob and US gasoline, um, there's actually been, despite strength, um, strength in the US, there's been more increasing amount of uh, short, uh, short sellers as well, trying to essentially sell from the highs or enter from these like relatively high levels. Refinery margin hedging. That's so we're talking. You do have a fine margin hedging, which you talking about gas or you're talking about Brent? Sorry. Um, we're talking about US gasoline, okay? Yeah, US so. gasoline more uh, more shorts coming in, definitely. Like with um, on the more niche future side, EBOB cracks more selling mm. as well. Mm. But in terms of Brent futures, WTI futures, more bullish sentiment coming in. There was uh, one week in the US which sentiment was a bit more dampened because of um, the uh, the the Britain refinery outage, which. Yeah meant that uh, there was more builds in, in Cushing, yeah. um, as well as a massive EIA stats build uh, last week. Yeah. But all of that um, seems to have dissipated as- Yeah, I yeah. think this is the key thing as well. Um, market pricing in an incredible amount of demand, but really a lot pricing in uh, of refinery outages. So we had another Grangemouth Grange issue um, in the UK uh, over the weekend, uh, you know, relatively small, but it does import um, North Sea oil, so it can have an impact uh, on the Brent pricing there. But more importantly, whiting, a huge refiner in the US, um, generally weather kind of disrupting things. We had you know such cold weather that um, production was genuinely taken offline in the US. But I think if you read around, you know when it does come back, it comes roaring back. So I think the 12 million build in crude stocks in the US that we saw last week on Wednesday reported, pretty logical. Mm. Um, but the refinery utilization was down again and that was really unexpected. So we're talking like you know one to two percent when when we say uh, less u- utilization, but that does have a huge impact, and it's undoubtedly uh, supporting um, basically the bullish sentiment in uh, in product cracks. But ultimately, as I'm saying, it's pricing that now when it gets to actual pricing of the contracts and the involvement of physical like is 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 there, you know you can price in outages, but if you don't have the outages, then it needs to correct. So it's looking at these levels that you're just running quite a bit of risk um, being long right now in these cracks because a refinery margin, sorry, a refinery outage has to happen for it to kind of, that's how it seems. So once you've priced in, it kind of needs to happen. Otherwise it's going to tube south. And I think a long market combined with, you know, the lack of these things will mean that, um, it looks quite bearish on the crack side, but still bullish crude because ultimately the refiners are consuming the crude because they're really aggressively locking in these levels on the on the derivative side, uh, which means that they can run no matter what happens. Um, cool. So what about um, Googling oil? Um, some key headlines. Yes. So on terms of Googling oil, we have uh, the, the, the key headliners actually came from a, a Bloomberg article of the weekend. Traders, if you see them on the screen, trader scale fuel markets for profits as crude prices drift sideways. Actually, quotes uh, quotes yourself in the article as well. Um, quote Greg Newman: um, Traders are betting on product differentials performing as 
um, and expression of their view rather than outright crude prices. Mm. Summer products have performed consistently over the last few years, so are being seen as a safe bet. So overall, in this article was just talking about because of crude prices like Brent futures being so sideways in terms of price action, people are focusing more on the futures market in terms of refined products like gas oil, uh, gasoline, so on and so forth, as well as the more niche futures such as like uh, naphtha, fuel oil, uh, so and so forth. So which is exactly the kind of niche markets that we cover and that's our expertise. Yeah, it was interesting in that article, um, you know, heads of oil of exchanges, ICE and CME were, were talking about um, a kind of concurring, right? Ultimately that um, unexpected or at least localized buying in, in these niche contracts. Um, and we always say it like, this is the real oil market. This is what needs to be opened up for, you know, retail investors in, in the long term. But that's cool. So um, what else other than that? Um, other than that, we also had a recent FT article, quite a big one, going uh, talking about the Permian Basin deal wave heralding a new phase in shale oil revolution. So it's a combination of what we've been talking about over the last few months about uh, a lot of uh, mergers and acquisitions happening in the US oil industry recently, um, a lot of a consolidation, um, especially relating to US shale oil. So right now, 10 companies control um, over half of the um, output, overall output in, um, in US shale, and six of them produce over 700k barrels of oil equivalent per day, which is more than some of the OPEC countries. So the recent deals as a refresher includes Exxon and Pioneer, Occidental and Crown Rock, Diamondback and Endeavor, and a depending acquisition of um, Hess by Chevron. So overall, it seems like the shale revolution has transitioned from an expansionary into a managed consolidating phase um, as companies focus more on shareholder returns rather than um, focusing on increasing volume and output. So especially with a lot of private operators being absorbed, um, it's becoming, uh, we're seeing more of a shift from small independent companies in US shale into more consolidated big oil uh, companies. And with all of this consolidation, it's expected that the break-even costs of production can be reduced by up to $5 per barrel down to from 35 to uh, 30. So um, more efficiency and more uh, returns to shareholders' pockets, that seems to be what the direction that the market is going to. I think, um in the article, it mentions something about higher prices with this, um, you know, because they're not going to be ramping up all the time. I think that's a mistake. I think, you know, it's contradictory to say that and then say that the break-even costs of drilling will go down because if that goes down, then what you're looking at is less swing production, right? Really robust supply. Um, that's what this consolidation does. It guarantees this added production stays there. So when we went down in times of low times of uh, you know 2020 and prices uh, destroying production, having to down tools and then work back up again, that's a lot less likely to happen now because you've got more stable supply uh, and these guys are acting more like uh, producer countries. So I think that's actually very bearish. I think, um, yes, they won't be hedging. It doesn't seem like that's a mandate for these bigger companies to hedge uh, big sizes and therefore you don't have that selling pressure on derivatives. But I think, um, for people relying on supply and demand modeling, um, it actually will be uh, a thorn in the side of OPEC. I don't think it gives the power back to OPEC at all. I think um, they're going to have to factor in this robustness that's bigger than you know 
the biggest producer in the world now as a country. So I think um, to me, that's long-term bearish. Uh, but cool. So that, you know, moving on then, going back to, I guess, to the kind of niche stuff, um, what's your trade idea for this week? Right, yes. So the trade idea this week is to go long in the NAPTA quack. So as you see on the screen, um, recently the past week has seen very bearish price action, but on Monday saw a source of support at the minus 950 level. So it is a very contrarian one. Um, seems as if the price action has found the bottom on Monday after an immense sell-off over the past week. So the theory is, uh, so our just justification is that, so yesterday we finally saw better buying at the lows, especially in Q2 from, uh, from funds and trade houses, whereas physical buying flows came in at the front. Um, technical indicators see that uh, the NAPT has been quite oversold. We think that despite this fundamental correction downwards in terms of price action, has, um, the correction has been overdone and uh, there's good risk reward to go long, especially with uh, from our uh, COTS dashboard, we're seeing from NAP to crack, um, the overall um, long market remains in the money at these levels. So the legacy length we've seen trader entry level at um, 12 months minus $9.46 per barrel. And precisely that's a level where it found uh, support yesterday. So in that sense, we are expecting existing length to uh, defend their positions. And also with a lot of attacks, recurring attacks on Russian oil infrastructure, this could provide a more uh, bullish upside to. Yeah, that's crack. a really cool point, actually. Uh, you know, people worrying about uh, these drone attacks on um, refineries, Russian storage facilities. We talked about it not really having a massive impact on the outright oil market, but having more of an impact on the niche futures. And I think this is a perfect example. Like NAPFA is genuinely responding to these. Um, yeah, attacks. And I think something, yeah, on the oversold territory could genuinely leave that very vulnerable. Uh, so that's that's a really cool one. Um, and I think, again, to refinery outages as well, if, if those do actually happen, that plays into that uh, hypothesis as well. So interesting. Um, with your stop loss, a little bit tight, but you're I guess you're making the argument that it's on its downward trajectory. Um, so you're kind of wanting to exit quickly if things look like um, the trend and down wasn't over basically. But I think um, as you've seen like a bit of an uptick, you've got quite a clear scaling level quite aggressively if you're looking for, say it went down to, I don't know, 950 here, you're buying nine, $9 roughly and you're expecting a resurgence back up to the kind of 758 level, mm. then you've got a bit of time, you've got a bit of room to buy again, right? As the trend has been confirmed. Uh, with a trade like this. So that's what I'd add there. Cool. Right. Um, last week's poll, we said, where do you see the front month a European uh, refinery margin this time next week? Uh, yeah, we gave levels, but obviously everyone has a different calculation. So I think essentially it was down, staying the same or up. Um, and I think most people, 48% said it was ba it will basically stay in the same range, but it actually it did collapse um, as all the refinery margin hedging rushed in. So that's quite an interesting one. Uh, be interesting to to do a kind of new poll again to kind of see where people's thinking what people are thinking is now um that we've had such a structural change in the products um james before we sign off um things to look for in the macro market in the next week this week uh, greg the data is pretty quiet so what the market's focusing on really wednesday night is nvidia earnings now this has been the runaway ai stock mm. and what we saw on friday yesterday was a u.s holiday friday night was a weekday on the NASDAQ. 
And interestingly, super microcomputers had a huge reversal lower, and that had doubled in the last two weeks. So it looks like maybe the NASDAQ, the AI move is in its last legs. I read over the weekend as well that teenagers are opening trading accounts, equity trading accounts in record volumes. Wow. And when teenagers are marginal buy, you think that the trends may be coming towards the end. So that's really <laughs> the highlight of the week. The yeah. Gen Z. <laughs> no, I, I'm here. You. I, um, that's really, really interesting. Um, and I guess that tends to play into the hands of meme stocky type buying, right? You're buying things that are hot. You're chasing it higher. Yeah. Basically. To the moon, as they said in the crypto world. Right. Okay. <laughs> Very interesting. Um, and Vincent wants to watch this week. Yeah, wants to watch um, a few ones. So seeing like, as you mentioned before, the how refinery margins will continue to trend over the next week. Um, you know, we've been, we've seen a sell-off in EBOB and, uh, and gasoline and gas oil cracks. Um, when is that going to catch the bottom? As well as uh, looking for post-Chinese New Year flows because liquidity was quite pretty quiet last week. Mm. So a lot of traders are coming back and also got um, our trader's favorite, IP week in the coming week. Of yes. course, we got an event going on as well. Yes. But uh, during this time, you know, a lot of in- industry executives, traders are all uh, coming to London and there'll be a lot of discussions about what's going on in the market. Mm. One of the niche futures as well, is that going to be the Red Sea? Is that crude going to reach $90, $100? So there's a lot of um, narratives. Maybe people are going to push uh, particular, uh, particular agendas. It's so. always interesting, IP week. There's always something that happens. There's always mm. a surprise. Um, I would add to the ones to watch that the Red Sea has been a bit quiet of late. Uh, at least people kind of seem, the media seems to be a bit bored about reporting about it. I've seen some key freight routes uh, being quite bid, meaning like there's genuinely imports going on, particularly say, for example, Saudi propane. Uh, actually, the team was bullish FEICP, put that out. That was, you know, a really good recommendation across the curve. Didn't actually perform in the contract so much that they suggested, funnily enough, like an okay performance. Uh, but anyway, the point is, is that um, it kind of rallies with uh, more imports and uh, freight from uh, Saudi to uh, Far East Asia going up, and it certainly has. Um, so it's an indication that uh, things are moving. And I think that if the Red Sea has any sign of easing and people are starting to use that area a lot more from a shipping basis, then it could lead to some pretty big moves on these product differentials we're talking about, namely kind of east-west contracts that have been forced out of whack in Gasol, for example. NATFA would would respond very uh, aggressively and it could change the whole supply and demand economic quite, quite substantially in a moment where a lot of people are long um, in products and in a moment where um, there's quite a bit of volatility in this underlying market. So I think it's it's something to look out for because if, you know, any um, ceasefire, Israel, uh, Palestine seems to have a bearish impact on flat price, a risk-off move, uh, and the Red Sea easing, it might look like a relatively mundane thing on flat price, but it will have big impacts on the products, which, as I say, when people are so invested in it, things like this have much more of an impact. So it's definitely one to watch there, again, in my opinion. We'll leave it there. Thank you very much, listeners. Um, Again, thank you very much uh, for listening and for subscribing. And please continue to do so. It really helps the channel. And we'll see you soon for more of the same next week.